Hello and welcome to episode 37. I'm Rebecca Saltzman and this is Journey to Zero Waste. Today uh, I have a special interview. I'm in Jerusalem and I'm actually here talking to Elisheva and she is a listener. And over the last few months we have gotten to know each other and we chat a few times a week or maybe once about once a week, a couple times a month. And I thought since I was in Jerusalem today working with a client and later on I have another engagement this afternoon um, doing like an Aliyah fair, I thought what a great time for me to like hit the streets and see how you guys, you listeners, have been implementing some of the things that we've been talking about over the last few months and to see sort of where if... I want you guys to relate to me if where Elisheva's at, where her finger is on the pulse, if that's where you guys are at. Now, I've been getting a lot of feedback along the way about how everybody's life is changing and it's so great and they're so happy and it's making a big difference. Um, and that's great. And I love, love, love hearing about that. But I thought like hearing some from somebody else besides for me um, and I can't play you all the voicemails that I get. So this way you can hear like live in person um, talk from from someone real. Uh, and it's nice because I don't have to speak in a vacuum. <laughs> I'm not sitting in a room talking to myself, <laughs> which is always really, really hard. So um, I want to introduce everybody, Elisheva. She is originally from Los Angeles, and now she lives in Jerusalem. And Elisheva, first of all, say hi to everyone. Hello. Um, Shalom. <laughs> and I want you to tell us, please, a little bit sort of about your journey. How did you end up in Jerusalem? Like some of the places that you've lived? where you first learned about zero waste. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm Elisheva, and um, I live in Jerusalem near Geula. I live in Mokorborg, and um, I've lived here in Jerusalem for 16 years, married for almost 12. Baruch Hashem, I have three little kids, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and almost two-year-old. And um, I really learned about... I don't know if the value of zero waste or living environmentally or whatever you want to okay. call it. Um, since really I was in the womb because. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> my mother was the, um, they call it like here it's gamach, but in America it's thrift stores. My mom was like a thrift store shopping queen. <laughs> and I remember going to Goodwill or Salvation Army for those in Hutzarts, probably know what that is in America at least. Or like, you know, these kind of stores since I was like, since I know myself, I've been shopping in these stores since like I was very small. And that's what my mom and I like to do together is we would shop at these stores. And I learned how you can get amazing clothing, shoes, toys, gadgets, whatever, music books, even sometimes for like very little money and dress and look amazing. And then um, when I was, um, so I'm, Bolch, I'm a Balas Chuba. I'll put that in, and, and I'll tell you a reason why. Because um, I worked at a special store that was kind of a hip, trendy clothing store. It's okay. called Buffalo Exchange. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay. And where they buy and sell clothing to the public and from the public. In other words, we'd sell clothing, but we'd also buy clothing. Right. So you would get cash or credit, and I became a buyer. Like, everyone bought there. It wasn't like I wasn't the only buyer, but everyone had to learn how to buy, to sell you know, to put clothing on, you know, racks, you know, doing everything a normal clothing store would do selling, but also would buy clothing and right. learn how to price, learn how to, what's the value, learn about fabrics, colors, um, you know, synthetics versus natural versus, you know, what's the hippest, what's the latest, what's, um, 
even just how people took care of their clothes that I learned about. Like some people would bring their right. stuff wet. We'd be like, sorry, really? Dryer. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> or like stained or dirty. No, I'm not kidding. I like really learned the value in like, like doing laundry well, actually, but also how to take care of your clothes and what's now because of this job, I had this job for two years and it wasn't my favorite job I've ever had in my life. I can go now. They have gamaks in Israel. Right. right? And I live near a lot of gamaks. I live. Okay. There's quite a few around here. Just in my neighborhood, there's like three itself and but um, you don't over shop you only shop shop. when you need something right yeah yeah Yeah, I'll explain (laughs) that so I learned the value of going to Gamax here and I only buy what I need when I need but I basically for the most part my husband calculated in five years the first five years of our marriage I only spent 1,000 shekels on clothing for myself wow that's amazing yeah that's really awesome yeah now I will say that this year I broke down and I actually bought some brand new clothing for myself like (gasps) Shabbos and what a weekday, scandal. Which I literally have not bought, I'm telling you, But I don't years. think that there's any shame any in buying no. any buying anything new because, like, I keep my clothes for forever. Like, the forever. jacket I'm wearing right now is 15 years old. Yeah. And I, it looks great. And I got it new. It's very cute. But, like... Right. It, if, it was good quality and it lasts a long time, right. so... I don't say everyone should buy used, but I said to myself, I told my husband, listen... I need to buy some clothes. I've been looking at gamaks for months. And that's it. And he goes, so take, buy. And I bought what I needed and shalom. You know, and what I'm really proud of And you feel of myself, great, right? I really, yes, I do. And I'm really proud of myself because I got rid of stuff I didn't need. I didn't Good buy over buy. And okay. I have the same, I also have a capsule wardrobe. Totally a capsule That's wardrobe. awesome. How many pieces do you have in yours? Um, I the era, think, approximately. I, I think I have... I mean, maximum, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not including my coat or my sweater and Shabbos robes, but let's say what I wear. Yeah, yeah on a regular weekday. 20 week pieces, that's it. Total, skirts and shirts together. 20 pieces. That's wow, it. that's great. I yeah. think you are better than me, actually. Oh, thanks. I have a lot of tickles. <laughs> I don't know if I'm so good. I have a lot of tickles, but, um, you know, like, whatever. Like, um, I buy used and new, you know, but I decided that, like, what I buy, I want to love it. Need it, use uh-huh. it. Exactly. That's it. That's I always my say zero that. waste. That's okay. how I oh and I bought the zero waste book that Rebecca talks about so much. <laughs> and I read it and I was like, Oh, there's really a hakma to it. I'll say to everybody who thinks this zero waste thing is crazy because you know, if if you're not buying over buying and you buy what you need and you use what you buy and you know, you try to look at packaging, you try to look at you know, it's funny, you know, I, when she talked about packaging of like food, one time you talked about how like, where do you, someone asked you, where do you, um, like, what do you do when you buy spices? You're like, I bring my own jars. And yeah, I, start I totally like, do. Hello, I have jars. I can do that. <laughs> I don't put my spice in bags. Or I started thinking about like, how can I buy my rice? I didn't get there yet, but let's say I'm, you know. Right. But I You could s- go to the store with a jar They'll zero out the scale for you and you fill it like right there right. while it's on the scale and you just pay for the rice. Right. But I'm on a journey and I told a couple friends of mine, I want your empty jars. I'm going to take their jars Good for you. and I'm going to toil awesome. them and I'm going to use them. Okay. I have a friend down the street that she's going to give me their stuff and okay. I have another friend that's going to give me. A Do you not buy things in jars? Um, I don't know why. I just don't have a lot of jars. Really? I just that's weird. happen to be, I buy a lot of mostly non-processed food. I buy a lot of, let's say... I don't have, I don't know. I don't buy like pickles. I buy, I have coconut oil. I'm very into coconut oil. Yeah, so oil. all of my jars are coconut oil. Right? But I, I don't know. I've had one for a very long time that I use oh. for I think we go through like a jar of coconut oil in like. A week? 
Yes. My husband uses it for everything. He bakes with it. So, like, if he makes a cake. So, usually for Shabbos, he'll make, like, a cake and, and a batch of cookies, depending on how many guests we have. That's, like, half a jar right there. And, right. like, between, like, everything else, like, I, I don't know, maybe three weeks it lasts us. Oh, really? Wow. That's And it's, yeah. that's a kilo? I mean, a kilo? It's the, well, it's not a kilo. It's 750 Se- milliliters. 750 milliliters. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, maybe it's, I think it's, I think it's, maybe it is the one liter jars. Could be. It could be a liter jar. Right. It could be a liter jar. In the health food store? No, actually, I get it at Supercell Deal Extra. Oh, that's great. They actually, in all the Supercell Deal Extras, they have, well, at least the ones that I've been to, they have um, a whole organic section and, or as the Israelis call it. Shufersal, of right. course. We say it like <laughs> totally wrong. And actually, the website is actually Shufersal, not oh, Supersal. So, oh, so, so um, but every like everybody I know still calls it Supersal. Anyways, um, Supersal has a whole organic section, and I just buy it there. And they have a store brand, and it tastes really. It's really good. It, I don't see any real difference between that brand and like other brands. That I've bought in the past. I really That's we great. don't make any differentiation in the taste and but like also we buy Ceylon or honey mm-hmm. or for those of you who don't know, I didn't know what Ceylon was until <laughs> I, I, until I made Aliyah. <laughs> um, do you not know what it is? No, I, I use it. Oh, okay. So. Ceylon mm-hmm. is date honey. Uh, well, it's not honey, but it's like a honey sort of thickness consistency made from date syrup. It's more of a syrup rather than a honey. But it's made from dates, so it's actually vegan. So we buy it because we have a lot of vegans coming over for Shabbos. So, oh. <laughs> but yeah, in general, we don't like love the taste of it. But it comes in handy. In fact, we made a recipe with it this week instead of honey, and it turned the whole recipe like brown when it should have been oh. like green. <laughs> so, oh, but it still tasted really good. It was just not so beautiful looking. Anyway, um, okay, so I oh, okay. I set us off track. So, yeah. That's okay. Um, so you don't have a lot of jars, but you asked your friend for jars. Yeah, I'm going to get some jars, and I started, okay, so a friend of mine and I decided to really try to be in a zero-waste or low-waste campaign, and she found out right back in my house. I live right near Machane Yehuda, and um, they do organic, they deal with organic waste there, which is great. Which so is another way of saying compost. Compost. So, um, my husband actually said he's really excited and he's going to set me up like a compost, um, center. He needs to build it. Okay. Yeah. Some kind of, I don't know what he's more of a ship than me. He's a ship. Do you still buy your bread in a bag? Um, I do, but I actually make my bread in a bread maker for Shabbos. Okay. And, but cut bread. Yeah. So if you buy the sliced bread, just save the bags from the bread and and you can put the compost inside it. Oh, that's great. Like while you're waiting for it to, uh, accumulate, you can Mm -hmm. leave it in your freezer and it will kill all of the like extra bugs that are hanging around on the compost and the fruit. And actually it makes decomposing faster, better, easier. Wow. So then you can just dump the frozen stuff straight into the bin that Machane Huda. Oh, that's great. So just a little tip. So if anybody else is feeling like frustrated by having to take their compost someplace. No, that's that's what I'm going to... And it's great because it's so convenient. I could just... it's two, I live two minutes from the shook, so I should do that. And then I found out they, they, they deal with any cardboard, any like, you know, even like a box that you have your toothpaste come in. Yeah. That like you can just bring it to them. And they just, 
they recycle all that that's stuff. That's awesome. Because um, Jerusalem, I find, in general, has pretty weak recycling programs. I agree. But I found <laughs> out that I, I've been living here for over a year, and I just, my eyes were closed in this area. There's bottle, plastic bottle recycling literally on almost Right. But you can't put corner. in any other pl- plastics, really, in there. It's no, only for bottles. It's only for bottles. Right. So the hummus containers, you're not no. supposed to put those in. No, but I figured, like, oh, I could only, I could put, like, let's say, I don't, we don't buy soda water, but right. let's say we had maybe for circus, whatever. I could put that, but I could also put, like, the bottle of soap. That I yeah, sure. That's true. That, um, all these kind of, you know, even... But you can't recycle metal here. There's no. very few, like, clothing recyclings here. Although, is there one at Mahanehuda? There's one near here on Yafo, like, um, between here and basically talking to Marcus There's a clothing recycling. Uh-huh. There's one place. So it's funny because I found that when I have a client in Jerusalem... For those of you who have not heard, I live in Haifa, and mm-hmm. I always take everything back to Haifa because in Haifa, even though we don't have the best recycling ever, we have pretty good recycling. So I know like close by in Zichron Yaakov, they do compost, like they do home collection of compost, Whoa. but we don't do that in Haifa, at least not yet. But we have um, the orange recycling bins where you can put in mixed recycling, which is more like single stream recycling, like in America, mm-hmm. where you don't have to sort anything and it's plastic and metal. Wow. So that's really great. And it's funny because actually we don't have an orange bin in our neighborhood, but there's one next to the grocery store. (laughs) So I have a bag on the door in my kitchen. And every Friday morning when my husband goes to my challah, he drops it off all the recycling. That's great. And like, it's same as what you're doing with compost. We have like a home compost, but um, it. It takes like discipline to. It takes time to think to, about it. Yeah, you and you have to be committed to it. When are you going? Where are you going? Right. And then I found out that they recycle paper around here. And I'm telling you, look at this. You see this bag? Oh, yeah. This is all That's paper. all going for recycling? This is from one, this is from That's like awesome. one week. I That's about out, how much we have in a week, too. I figured out that I have reduced my garbage. It's by, about one shopping bag size because right? you guys can't see it. Right. Two <laughs> bags. I've for sure reduced my garbage by at least two bags a week, minimum. That's just I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. And um, I know that it's um, come up like a lot. A big topic is why should I care if I reduce my garbage? Right. But you should care because it makes a difference how much garbage we actually produce in terms of us being stewards of the land and just being accommodating to like, how beautiful the environment is, especially when we live in Israel. It's so disturbing to see garbage everywhere. It's terrible. I mean, the side of the highways are, some of the highways anyways, are really filthy. And mm-hmm. there's just garbage. And it's such like, I don't I know. know, it's disgraceful almost. I think so too. And I remember when you said, when I heard you speak live, um, you know, a couple months ago, you said that, you know, Israel it exports its garbage because we just don't have room. Sure. In America, that's also America's largest export. America exports more garbage than anything else. You know, and and, and Americans so create 2700 tons of garbage a year. That's a lot. That's really a lot. Right, and you know, I know that some people think we shouldn't care, maybe I sound like a fanatic, you know, but you know, there was this um, article in Ami a few months ago about a place in called Tom's River, which is near Lakewood, in New Jersey. And they have a high, a very high cancer rate. Uh-huh. There of people because there was a toxic sewage dump that was illegally they were wow. dumping for years, and I'm talking like kids who had like, 
you know, like tumors coming out of their head that you could see. I'm talking oh like gosh. crazy stuff. That's disgusting. And then this lady's son, I don't even know if she was from, I'm not sure, Jewish, but this lady, she was featured in Ami, and this lady's son was like at, you know, Cedar sinai or something in okay. Manhattan, wherever it was. Let's see, wait, that's Los Angeles. That's where I'm from. Whatever it was, you know, uh, the hospital. <laughs> Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Sorry. Mount Sinai. Yeah. Right. Um, there. And um, she figured out that all these people were from this small city called Tom's, Tom's River, River, where she lived. And they all, most of the people had cancer were in this this cancer ward, oncology ward. Oh, my gosh. Do they sue the um, city? Yeah. They, 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 it's still a problem. But now it's really interesting. A lot of from people are moving to Tom's River. It's like a hot place to live now. It's right. near Lakewood. It's near Deal. It's near whatever. So I'm not saying like, okay, so toxic waste, I don't know if I could like be on top of the toxic waste in my area. Like right. I think that I'm just like not capable of that, but I could be on top of my regular waste. I can right. be, say like, you know, if I'm walking in this area anyway, let me bring those bottles. If I'm walking in this area anyway, let me bring the cardboard boxes. If I'm walking in this area anyway, let me bring my organic compost. You know right. what I mean? Let me bring my organic totally. waste. So that's what I can do. And my husband's really on board with it. And I just told him, here are the papers. Everything else goes here. Uh, here's the cardboard. Here's the bottles. If you don't want to fuss and muss about it, you could leave it on the counter and I'll deal with it. You know, like, I don't want to give my husband any more work. He has a very busy schedule. But, um, you know, he's, you know, he's Israeli and not all Israelis are like kind of on board with this stuff. They're just like, like America, they're very well, I think into it, Israelis into it. don't understand necessarily the impact that right taking care of all of this has on us like it makes our water better and i think i've said this here before is that by like 2020 or 2025 the oceans will be more plastic than fish and the thing is is that like at a certain point it's not even going to be safe to eat fish anymore so because the the fish consume the plastic and then that means that we consume the plastic and you know you are what you eat and (laughs) you know you don't want to be eating plastic it's not healthy our bodies can't break it down it's just not right and um, you know what i even started can i just tell you i started refusing bags when i go shopping hey that's great i start saying everybody looks at you like you have six heads right and i bring my own little like a little (laughs) mesh bag for things like a little like a little tote bag and i can't because i figured out that i had all these bags just kind of stuffed underneath my sink floating around and not even floating sometimes they're like on the floor and I have a little baby and you know okay sorry about that we just had to take a quick quick stop so Elisha was going to keep going with her story hold on go ahead so I realized that I had a lot of plastic bags floating around like a lot I mean like 15 20 and I realized that I could just say no and I could just bring my own tote bag and now what I do is I have a big enough purse that I bring like a tote bag with me wherever I go and I oh, just I keep take a my few purchase. rolled up in my bag also. I just take my purchase and put it in there. And shalom. And of course, you know, groceries now, they'll charge you 10 agro a bag yeah. in Israel, which I think is actually... But they actually do that in a certain cities in America too. Five cents a bag. Yeah. yeah. And I say to myself, you know what? It's good they did that because now I always know that I bring my bags with me and that's it. Right. My bags are much stronger than their bags also. For sure. But I feel like when I go to the supermarket, I don't see that that's like trickling down to like plony... Plony boss plony. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Basic Israeli person. <laughs> I want to tell anybody about the bag thing. Now, I worked at this Buffalo Exchange, this store, for two years. They had something called tokens for bags. You're going to love this. Okay. okay. Where if you didn't take a bag, they would give you a token, not money. Okay. And then you would put in, there were three different charities. Like, let's say, a women's shelter. Let's say, 
you know, some animal shelter, I don't know, you know, or like a recycling thing or a kid's like program for after school kids or at risk, whatever in America. And you put a token in like, is if to say this money was going to go to this bag and now it's oh, going to go awesome. to this charity. And I'm telling you in one year. Yeah. How much did they collect? $20,000 for <gasps> all, all the Buffalo exchange. There's about, I mean, at yeah, the time there were like 10. Now there's probably more. Right. I remember I used to see the one in Manhattan. It was yeah. in my school. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying people think like, what's one bag? $20,000. That's, That's like for lot. three charities. They got each, you know, six, whatever it is, six and a half thousand dollars each. But yeah, you know, that's crazy. And so even, you know, people, could, I'm just saying, you know, think about it. Um, it just takes, you know what it takes to be. Well, like, I think if we all commit to it, that's huge. Yeah. It takes just thinking ahead. Right. That's the main thing. Thinking ahead. Being thinking organized. Ahead, being organized. <laughs> um, and I will say about my own house. So I was not the best housekeeper in the world. I would say I was like, at the bottom of the barrel, basically. You okay. Know what I mean? Um, I wasn't raised from, I didn't know about Shabbos. I didn't know about, you know, I couldn't even organize my week when I got married. Cause I'm like, all right, Shabbos comes. Now, when do I cook? When do I do the laundry? How, when do I shop for Shabbos? When do I cook for Shabbos? When? And then I just couldn't get myself organized. So I took a home, like a, a, a time management class. That's the first thing I did. And I've used a lot of home organizers over the years. I didn't okay. use Rebecca, unfortunately, yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> no, but I don't even think you need me. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sitting here and I'm looking around. <laughs> Everything's in its like its own bin, <laughs> and it's pretty really in good shape. I live in kind of a weird apartment, so we don't have like a lot of storage space. But my husband built me shelves. Built me these. I don't think it, it has like, like so little. It's not bad. Um, oh. I have one big closet for the whole family for all our stuff. Okay. I mean, all our in stuff. In a way, that's kind of better. Because then you have X amount of space and that's it. Yeah. And I had a child with medical needs this year and I cannot explain to you how much stuff, how much room his st- stuff like, took up. And now Baruch Hashem, we had a Shalema, Baruch Hashem, and Baruch Hashem. And, um, but you know, I just had to make do, what I learned is I have to make do with the space I have. I can't fantasize about living in like a five bedroom house, um, Two story. Uh, actually, my parents lived on a four bedroom house, uh, uh, two story across street from a lake in okay. Kansas. Okay. And in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Oh. I'm not that's close to my husband. He's from yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, that's great. Oh, he's from Omaha. Yeah. I like him already. That's great. <laughs> um, I've been to Omaha actually. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice, cute small town. Um, yeah. Well, not that, anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, compared to, compared to LA or you know. Yeah, I guess. Whatever, <laughs> or New York or Jerusalem. it's Omaha. Right. It's Omaha. Um, so. I just learned, like, I have to work with the space I have. I can't have any more. I finally learned last year after I used a really great professional home organizer that, like, I just need to work with what I have. And I put everything in baskets, and that's what I do. Every, literally every single thing in this house is in a basket. So now that you, everything is in a home. Yeah. Do you feel like it's easier for everybody in your house to tidy up? Yeah. Very. Because everybody knows where everything lives, right? Yeah. So it's funny because I just came from a client and she said to me, she was like, I can always find everything I need. It's like organized chaos and I might have to like rip a few things apart and throw things on the ground. But I know like in my mind where I put it and I can always like sort of go to it and find it. And I said to her, I was like, that's great, but that's just like triage. Like, you know, like, sure, you can, you can remember where you put it, but like, what do you have to do to get 
actually get to it. If it had a home and it was labeled and it lived in a basket, like, wouldn't it be so much easier for you to find it? And it would be so much less taxing on your memory and you could free up like valuable, like cognitive areas of your brain. (laughs) So you don't have to remember where your stuff is. You just sort of go to it by rote and you know, you're able to find it quickly and easily. And it's so much less stressful. And actually I was reading an article today about how uh, clutter actually increases stress and anxiety because you can find things even if you're like pretty sure you know where you put it it's so stressful because maybe you have to move 10 items to actually get to it and it's frustrating because it's just like how can I get to it and people just it builds up more and more anxiety not to mention that you see all the like trash or deposits like around your house and you can't really manage it and that's like the frustrating part is that you can't manage it so it's good that you said okay I need help and you got help and you made a system and how much actually left your house when you did it well my husband really like can't stand clutter also when we moved to this <laughs> apartment when we moved I was living in Beit Shemesh for four years and I moved back to Jerusalem over when my son became ill and um, my son was born and my husband said when we move I want to get rid of half the stuff in this house I did said you? you're crazy and I did that's awesome and then I got rid of even a quarter more that's really I literally amazing. am not exaggerating I had 25 boxes of books wow I mean wow. big boxes like all Sfarim or just books um a lot of Judaica, like self-help, organizing books, all this stuff. And you know what I did? I said, you know what? If I read it five times, I'm not going to read it again. There's a few reference books I like. I love right. Marie Kondo. And I know you're like, whatever. Not I actually, I will say, <laughs> as I sort of hit, hang my head in shame, I actually own that book. And I do reference it because people always ask me about it. And like, I have to go back and read it again so that I'm not like misquoting it. But I right, do actually right. own that book. Yeah. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I have some books like that. I have quite a few Judaica, but most of the books I have now are what I love, want, keep, and that's it. And, you know, I gave a lot away or I sold books. Right. There's a lot of used bookstores on Yafo, like New right, the Shook. Right. There's five. Wow. Really? Yes. That's a lot. And I can sell wherever I want. If one doesn't take one, I'm telling you, I, I know the, next guy the whole will. system. There's one guy that'll take anything, and then there's two picky stores. And I know when I go, I'll get rid of everything. That's amazing. And I know what I even did. You're going to really think I'm crazy. I no, I'm not going to think you're crazy. I sold for a friend. I sold stuff for a friend. She yeah. gave me a hundred books. Okay. I got to keep half the credit. That's awesome. <laughs> so ladies, <laughs> so if you're looking to make friend. if you're looking to make some <laughs> extra cash, take your friend's junk and sell that. And I got literally hundreds of shekels of credit for books that I helped her declutter. Wow. She helped but me. Did declutter. you get new books for those hundreds of shekels or did yeah. you like used, yeah. Yeah, no, no, credit. Only credit. Okay. No cash. They won't give cash at all. Yeah, they don't any give places. cash. But I didn't care I got I it's great, you know. I mean, and then you I, take it back, like after you're done reading yeah, it, and exchange just, it for more credit. Most of the time, and you know, and I do I just, that too. I never buy at Steimetsky or even. I mean, sometimes I buy New Judaica, but it's very expensive. I can find used Jewish books, right? Used Jewish books. Why not? And um, I mean, new stuff sometimes, and that's another thing. So, and I also borrow a lot of books. So I think that I think if we all get into like a more sharing mentality. Yeah. Then we have I to share reduce a lot. With a, yeah, sharing a is lot. great. And maybe sometimes you don't get things back in the condition that you lent it, but it feels like 
okay, who cares? I feel like it's so expensive. A brand new book is like right. 120 shekels from like the Jewish bookstore. 100. Right. So, and then I trade with a friend and you know how many books that 120 I trade? shekels, by the way, at like the current rate is approximately like 35 or $40. So yeah, yeah. I've trade a lot of books with a lot of friends and I actually loan a lot of my books. I can't even tell you. I've loaned hundreds of my own books out to friends. I got, uh, with the exception of one person, I got everything back. I know who I loan to. I loan. But I also know. I feel like. If I am lending something to someone, I go into it with the expectation that I might not get it back, and I feel yeah. okay with that. And I think it's all about right. also lowering your expectations a little bit and being okay with that something might not come back to you, but trusting that if you need it again, you'll be able to get it. Hashem will make sure you have it. So right. I can always, you know, you can always get something that you need. I have a story. My friend would be upset I told this, but I'm not going to say her name. I have a friend that okay. authored an amazing, amazing cookbook. Okay, okay? amazing. Anyway, and <laughs> she knows this person. I'm not going to say her name, okay? She's not going to listen to this, but I'm not going to say her name. And she and her mother authored this cookbook, okay? okay? And I loaned my mother-in-law, who's actually coming to my house soon, um, this cookbook. Okay. And you know how you say about you don't know what it, you know, you have to loan with a covey that you might not get it back. Right, so I right. loaned it to her, and which was, I'm sorry to say, a mistake. I love my mother-in-law, but like she has cookbooks she's never opened okay she has gifts and electronics she, about her. she has a robot also that she never opened irobot so and alicia I, was going to try to commandeer the robot because she really wants it yeah. and so i said it's actually I perfect because it will fit like underneath your <laughs> cabinet <laughs> kitchen. yeah and um so i said can i have the cookbook back and she's like i don't know where it is i was like you're joking me this is from my friends i bought it on sale Aye. from them. I bought it. I, oh, so let's go to her house and declutter. Maybe right, we'll right, find it. Right. And so I was like, great. And then I went to their house one day on the way to the Gamach. Yeah. I went to the cookbook author's house, which is right near this Gamach I go to all the time near my house. And I said, you know, you guys, can I look at your cookbook because I want to copy a recipe down? She's like, sure. I copied the recipe down, two recipes. And I said, I would love to buy this. Are you guys still selling? She goes, yeah, we're still selling it for full price. 120 shekels. Okay. <laughs> they had it like when they launched the book, they sold it for 60. Fine. So then I went to the Gamach, and the Gamach lady is my friend, um, the person who runs this Gamach, a couple of Gamachs, and a Chaknesses Kala, whatever thing. And I said to her, hello, so-and-so, how are you? Yes. She goes, oh, good you're here. We have some English, new English books. I go in the back, and this book, this cookbook I was just looking at, ah, that I said, I can't afford this, even though they're my friends. Right. And I own this book, but it's with my mother-in-law, who can't find it, and whatever. Ah. It's right it was there, there, and it was brand new, unopened. How much was it? It was three shekels. Oh, my gosh. And I told That's them. That's not even a dollar. <laughs> I told them, and they were like, the mother was so excited. The daughter, it was my friend, was like a little bit like, I can't, someone, someone gave my book to Gamak. I said, first of all, it was unopened, and it probably was given to some Israeli who didn't like, speak English, English or right. something. But I felt like Hashem just rained it down on me that, you know what? You know I'm looking out for you. Hashem, you know, knows what I need. So right. they wrote two cookbooks. I have them both now. I'm so excited. I use the recipes a lot. I That's use one great. for last Shabbos. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, when I go to the Gamach, I know it sounds funny, but I feel like it's my adventure time. It's like my, like, time to like, you know, like, let's see what Hashem gives me. Let's right. see what Hashem brings But me. I want to say this. You can do that because when you go to the Gamach, even though you're not going with the list... Right. Which is a little bit dangerous to not no, go no, the I do. list. No, oh, no, I do. I do. Okay. Oh, I do. But Sometimes, because most of the time. you have a place for everything in your home, right? 
you know if you actually have a place for something new in your home, like if it's really bracha or if it's really not a bracha. Right. Um, and I, I've always learned that like a lot of times we do, um, we get, I guess it's kaparo, like because we didn't give enough sadaka or we maybe we spent our money wrong, a lot of times we pay for things that are like, why did we pay for that as like, not Onesh necessarily. I like to think of it. Yes. I like to think of it as cosmic rebalancing. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so I feel like, um, when that sort of happens, sometimes we spend our money on things that were not useful or good or, or that we didn't really need because we have to sort of balance out. So it's important just to make the distinction that if you aren't already organized with everything having a place in your home, it's not a good idea to go shopping without a list. Right. I agree. Um, I actually usually have a running list in my head, even when I go to the Gamach. When I go to the Gamach, I always, almost always, like I said, I need some skirts for my girls. Oh, I need some tops for my girls. Or I need something for my son. Or I need something, da da da. And I usually have a list in my head of what I need. And um, even sometimes written. That's amazing. And I'm telling you right now, every week, I am not exaggerating. I mean, maybe it sounds like I'm like, not so zero waste here. But literally every week, I'm taking something to the Gamach. Every week. I think... Every week. I actually go through my stuff... Um a couple times a week and I'm always finding things that I can pass on. This coming Shabbat we're going on a Shabbaton and it's for English speakers and every year they have a book swap. I went to my bookshelf and I found like six books that we could get rid of. Not to mention the 45 that I gave away like three weeks ago. Um, the thing about English books in, in Israel at least, especially kids books, is that I find that my kid it's they're really hard to get Mm -hmm. so my kids prefer to read in English because it's easier Mm -hmm. um, because the Nikudot like when they start to read without the Nikudot they have to think more about like what is the word Um, because the Nikudot don't aren't there and they like it's more processing and it's easier to read in English Um, so uh, I find that a lot of times book books come into our lives my mother will send new books my mother-in-law will send new books the kids will read them and that's it. Where in America, we would have just gone to the library and taken everything out of the library. Here, it's like, what am I going to do with them? They're never going to read these books again. So we have, like, um, amongst a few of our friends, we have, like, sort of a trading where when we were looking for something, they give us and they say, don't give it back. Just pass it on. And we just keep passing on and on and on and on books. And that's oh, that's how we great. Sort of, yeah, English um, books are hard to get and kids' books and very expensive. Yeah, they're super expensive. Very. So... It's a great idea. Um, we just sort of swap them out between us and have like our own little libraries. <laughs> it's good actually, so cool. and actually, since our kids like are staggered in age, I don't. I'm not always getting books from other people, but like they're always getting and passing on to like younger and younger and younger and younger. So it's actually really wow. Great. That's great. So um, before you know, we wrap up. I want to do you want do you need me to pause for a second? Um, hang on for one second, everybody. So before we wrap up, I want to know what you're going to do for Hanukkah. What are you going to give your kids? What? How does Hanukkah look in your house? Um, so Hanukkah, um, 
if anything, my husband would give something big. He doesn't give trinkets. Okay, He's like that's good. A big toy person. Okay, not a trinket person. Um, and almost every night we were making latkes. Um, we had donuts. We have parties. We have friends over. Um, last Hanukkah, my son wasn't feeling well and almost ended up in the emergency room. So we hung out at home mostly. This okay. year, he's actually had a refuah shalema. Um, so, um, I don't know. I might, I might go out one night. One night, I actually have to go to the hospital. Oh, no. <laughs> for a sleep. What's uh, one, one last, it's called a sleep study to check his sleep one time. So I'm going to be at the hospital one night. And then one night, I might go to Beit Shemesh for a party. And then the other nights, I don't really know. I think we'll probably hang out with the family. Okay, so do you give um, your kids a little bit of money or some coins? Which is really, like, the whole thing, Hanukkah Gelt, um, like You know, actually, you're going to laugh, but my husband started this thing where he actually, they like to, they're learning the value of money now, and they like to go buy themselves, like, a little tiny treat, like a little candy. Okay. And he gives them money almost every day for a candy. So maybe okay. he'll give them a little bit more. This is an honor of Hanukkah to buy, like, right. something a like a candy. little treat. Um, I'd rather buy them treats and like toys that can get broken, honestly. You know right. what I mean? I mean, that's for sure for me because I know any like tchotchke they get, it's just, it's gone. Right. It's literally gone. Even I don't buy my son little like toys because he just, they break them. My girls break them. Is there anything that they want or they asked you for? No, not really. Um, the only one thing they want is called, what's called American. Um, American doll or booba Amerikai, they call it in, in American girl dolls. You no, know I'm talking about they call it booba Amerikai here in Israel. That's so and funny. My husband's like, we are not buying this dumb thing. <laughs> They're like 150 shekels each. That's some it. Kind of doll. Oh, no, yeah. wait. American girl dolls are like these really fancy dolls, and they cost like a hundred dollars a piece. Oh, maybe it's maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Mom has like we are not. I don't even buy know this. if you can buy them in Israel. I think you can buy them here. And he's really? Like, and yeah, we're at someone's house. They're like, we saw Boob America. And my husband's like, we are not buying these things. Like, I don't believe in this. I don't like anything American. Um, like, like <laughs> except for like, you. Right. Except for me. Right. But he's like, he doesn't like the, this like, the shtick, consumerism. Like, he doesn't like it. Um, you know, they're pretty, my kids get toys that are like learning toys. My kids get like, you know, they have like, you know, little, you know, what they call little bisics, you know, little, um. You know what I'm talking about. Like little, no, what is that? You know, these like little things that, you know, like a little mini bike or whatever oh, okay. they're called. Little, little. A um, tricycle? Yeah, they have these. This okay. is like their favorite thing. My girl, one of my older ones into jump ropes. They like stickers. So sometimes I'll buy them like, like little projects to do and things like that. But they're not, they're kind of like zero waste kids. They don't have a lot of right. tchotchkes and junk. I'd rather do crafts with them. Maybe we'll do some crafts. They like to paint. Okay. They like to draw we have chalk we have like a like a board that has like chalk or um like marker on one side chalk on the other um we'll probably just like mostly hang out with the family i think i think that's the most important thing is just to like you know totally. spend time with the family i totally agree i totally agree i'm very like i i don't want to bring my kids up material i don't think i was brought up so materialistic in the states but i do think that i was much more materialistic than them and we do not have a television. We do not have the computer, and that really helps, I would say. But, you know, I know they're still getting exposed to it. If they keep begging for this doll, you know, and they go to a Hasidish school. I mean, you know, these kids have it, and they don't have internet or computer or right. TVs at their you house. You think it's something you know? that, like, a grandparent brought from America and one girl yeah, has it? there's a lot and... of chutzniks at this school. Yeah. Belgians and Swiss and English and Americans and Canadians and Australians. And, you know, they, yeah, they're, like, upset. I think they have saw these cards. I think they have, like, these little trading cards. Really? Yeah. 
It's like, what is this? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, American Girl comes out with books. Like, each doll has a book, like a story. Each doll has its own story. And wow. I know that there's, like, a Jewish one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so maybe and that's she, what like, I've lived, seen She some... lived on the Lower East Side. <laughs> I think her name is Rachel. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, but each doll has its own story, so I wonder if that's the same. <laughs> and they have a book, and they have accessories, and it's really, think, really well marketed. I don't know, but we're not buying this. My husband's like, absolutely Good. not. He's like, not, you know, he buys them. You know, if they ask for something specific, he'll buy them. But my husband more just buys, you know, what he think he thinks ahead and buys what he thinks is age appropriate, and he doesn't buy a lot. And, and whatever puzzle, I had a lot of puzzles and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I gave them all to friends. The kids and they don't were do so puzzles? excited. I don't know. My younger one can't do yet. My older one likes, but then like it gets jealous and competitive. So they just don't do them. And that, you know, right, right. now it's not the age. I don't know. I just found it was just like, not sure. Sure. When it's the age, a new puzzle will come back yeah, to you. They're more into books. They love reading. Um, um, there's, you know, and they like, I have this like, if you look over here, like a play ambulance. Oh yeah. It's like goes around and makes noise and my son chases it and they love that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know? um, my husband like was really, when my kids were little, he's like, before we even had kids, he always used to say to me, our kids won't have toys with batteries. <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> because people buy them for you, and they just come in, and they're like, oh, when did you see them? They're like, wow, that's great. My kid totally needs that. It's going to make him a genius, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't, we don't. No, we don't like, we don't, I don't need them. This toy drives me nuts, but anyway. But um, my kids play with clicks. They play with magnetiles. And these are good because they don't break easily, these toys. Right. They last a long time. Right. They, and I have them in, like, these Ikea bins. So they're organized. And I put pictures on them. That's pictures good. Pictures on the bins. That's really good. And they know how to put their toys back. Good. Um, and that's in good. my house, you didn't see, but there's a loft. They have a whole room. To play A playroom? Play yeah. That's awesome. It's really cool. That's um, awesome. My husband created... My husband built this loft. So when we moved to this apartment. And um, so... You know, that's that's basically what we're going to do for Hanukkah, and we're excited. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a long, it seems like a long week, honestly, but, you know, we'll try to make it fun. Maybe we'll yeah, go to some parks. Yeah, because there's no school. <laughs> right. It's a little cold right now, but as long as it's not yes. raining, maybe we'll go to the park. Okay. Maybe we'll go out for an ice cream. You, you know, could do we'll the light out. show at Migdal David. Oh, yeah? What's that? What's Migdal David? What's that? What's Migdal David? You mean by you mean by the old, the old city? city? Yeah, oh, the light show at night fun. during Hanukkah. Oh, I didn't know it's then. It's in the summer also, and yeah, then? but I think during oh. Hanukkah they have like a special light show. Oh, that's cool. Maybe we'll yeah. do something like that because my kids are getting bigger and they like these kind of things. Yeah, but anyways, um, they like that huge menorah at the hotel. Oh, that's if fun. you go like it. I don't. We went one year and my kids thought it was pretty neat. And they light it. It's like I don't know. They're like trash cans. <laughs> like really? set up like a, it looks like these giant metal like bins and they light them with these huge like kerosene sticks i don't know oh, it's pretty it's fun so there's like the little menorah that they light like down at the bottom near the hotel and then there's like big menorah that they do on like on top of one of the walls wow. and wow that's so cool um Ooh, yeah maybe we'll do that that sounds good one of the nights um i'm more into like spending time and doing activities with my kids than um I don't like I like to go out with them I like to go to parks with them I like to like generally that's where how we spend our huffish winter right. activities we like go into a petting show animal petting zoo show we right. went to there was like a drum show there was a juggler they, they like to do activities so uh-huh. it's good that they like 
They like to do things and be out and see different things instead of, like, having things. Right. My kids like that, too. I think sometimes they're a little bit conditioned to be like, it's Clonico, where's our present? Really? Yeah, but I, and then I just remind them, hey, we did X and Y today, and they're like, okay. And they get over it. (laughs) They like more, like, they're more, like, into, like, an experience and, like, let me have a treat. Right. My kids love to go out to eat. So oh, actually, that's mm-hmm. like a huge thing for us when we can go out to eat, and then they're much happier. Right. And like I let, them, <laughs> I let them each pick like a restaurant that they want to go to, and that's fun. I mean, there's so much to choose from, so it's like the options are endless. You oh, know? That's great. Even high five. Um, that's great. Yeah, there's lots of places to choose from, but even so, I mean, like, what's what's the like? It's not like they want to go out to the fanciest steak place. Well, I mean, my daughter does, but my boys are like <laughs> totally happy with burgerine or pizza. So, like, who cares? They get to choose and they work it out between themselves. You pick pizza and I'll pick burgers. And oh, really? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, each night they're all getting what they want, anyways, oh, because great. they're all sort of working together. So, oh, that's fun. That's uh, fun. So, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to talk to me and tell us how you're doing on your journey to organization and zero waste and um i'm i'm like really appreciative of it and i hope that everybody found today's interview really beneficial and helpful and fun and interesting um and i want to say i didn't really get to talk about this but if everybody can look into this week's Parsha and I want you to just sort of focus on um, why is Yaakov leaving his camp to cross over uh, the Yardane where he spends the night and the Puzzle doesn't say why he spends the night but the Mepharshim do and um, we sort of know I have read the Mepharshim there, but I want everybody to read the Mepharshim there and then report back to me and see if, if you know, I want to just know what you think about what what happens in this week's Parsha and um, report back to me and we'll discuss it next week, Bezrat Hashem. So I'm wishing everybody a good week, a good rest of the week, an easy week, an enjoyable week. Um, and I want you to remember that I don't keep you organized. Hashem keeps you organized. So fantastic week. And just repeat to yourself over and over. Hashem keeps me organized. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, thank you, Ellie Sheva. Thank you. <laughs>